Welcome to the Leader Manager Coach Podcast, your weekly podcast where we take a deep dive examining knowledge, philosophies, wisdom and insights to help you to lead, manage and coach in football, sports and life. Leader Manager Coach is presented by Rob Riles. Rob is a qualified coach with a League Managers Association qualification and a science and medicine background. He has worked in the football industry in Europe, USA and Africa at international, premiership, league, non-league and grassroots levels with World Cup and European Championship experience. Hello and welcome to another edition of Leader Manager Coach. Rob Riles here to introduce this week's episode and today I'm absolutely delighted to be able to bring you an interview with a gentleman who I know is going to provide nuggets of information channels of gold and wisdom and insight into particularly coaching coaching football but not necessarily football certainly dealing with young adults certainly dealing with young players and this is a gentleman that I've been fortunate enough to know for a number of years came across this gentleman in a coaching capacity He's a man who has known the game through playing, a man who's sustained the disappointment of having a career curtailed through injury, and a man who probably through that picked up the baton of coaching from a very early age and put himself through an education process in football coaching. And sought out mentors who are now known to be probably some of the greatest football coaches, some of the greatest minds that the game has ever produced. And this gentleman has put himself through an education process that has put himself at the or in the arena where he's accessed, he's been able to access through his own endeavours the the mind and the, or the minds and the knowledge of, of these great icons of our of our industry. The gentleman's name is Keith Mayer, and um, I'm not going to go on too much about him. But he's worked at many many organisations. He's worked at professional football clubs. He's worked at uh, certainly, you know, he's been at Bolton Wanderers. He's he's worked at Leeds United. He's worked at Nottingham Forest, and uh, that's just to name a few. Uh, here's a gentleman who's going to provide you with so much information and so much so much knowledge and uh, a rarity of, of insight, may I, if, I, if I may say that. Um, so, Keith, thank you very much and uh, enjoy. So, Keith, thanks very much for agreeing to do this interview. Um, something I've looked forward to for a long time. Um, I want to make sure all our, all our listeners get what I've been privileged to get for free um, since I've known you really, which is um, all, you know, through our chats and coffees and, and all the time we spent together. So I've had that for free. So I just thought, you know, that one of the first people I want to, I want to share time with and, and to be able to share with other people is, is Keith, Keith Mayer. So Keith, um, just to introduce yourself, I know I've done a little introduction, but just tell us about your early life. What, where you where you kind of came from, where you brought up, and, and what kind of influence you as a, as a child? Yeah, good. Well, first and foremost, thanks, Rob, for 
coming along and interviewing. It's it's quite strange for me to be interviewed, but I, I do uh, I do appreciate it. Yeah, I come from a, a council estate, uh, a rough council estate, uh, and I think that actually that has helped me. You know, just nine, certainly bringing my son, my daughter, my my wife in. Let me start again, Rob. That's a load of waffle. Uh, yeah, I'm a council estate boy. Come from very little, uh, but really appreciate you know, the likes of what we have nowadays. The that's actually helped. Those foundations of having very little have actually driven me on to to work harder. You know, to stay away from the the stuff that you can't have. It's helping me now to to work towards what I do want, uh, and equally to find out what. You know, there's some good values around uh, how people need to be treated. As a, a young boy, I have a my first primary school teacher, Mr. Miller. So, Mr. Miller, under Mr. Miller, we we need referee. We we never lost any games under Mr. Miller. <laughs> he was a disciplinarian. You know, came from he came from good stock. You know, a good man. I always remember Mr. Miller, bushy beard. In the old football boots that they used to wear, but yeah, yeah. he uh, come here, you mayor. I want to have a chat with you after the game, and yeah, you can do better. Yeah, you, yeah. you you let yourself down. You can you use your right foot a little bit more? Predominantly left footed. It was uh, so he drove me on, helped me. So Mister Miller, and then uh, as we skipped through, you know, as I leave school, I then became an apprentice footballer at Bolton Wonders. Very fortunate to have that good experience as well. Tough at the time, but very good to, so what, what, to go through um, that. So what, 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 what year was that? Can you remember when you kind of... Yeah, that was uh, l- sort of 77, ah, right, 77. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 77, so I used to clean Sam Allardyce, Peter Reeds, Jim McDonough was a goalkeeper yeah, yeah. who came from Rotherham. But, uh, so that was a really good, good experience. Mm. You know, other than football, we were cleaning boots and painting dressing rooms. You know, I thought... And, that was very, very good for me. You know, coming from a hard-working family with my mum and dad. My mum was a weaving shed worker. My dad built it up and out it, up and at it all the time. So catching three buses to the to the ground from where I lived, or two buses and a train. You know, you had to be, you had to, you had to want to be there, and and did. So moving from that. I went to Wigan Athletic as a, as a young pro. Didn't make anything out of the game. I got injured. Well, that was my excuse. I just probably wasn't good enough. But I moved out of the game. But then got into coaching. And so, um, a couple of points out of that. You, obviously, you know, we all see as, as academy coaches, we see kids turning up at training in the X5 and, you know, the, the Mercedes. And, and, and not everybody, of course, Keith. Um, it, you know, having a packed lunch on the way, and they've got the Lucas A bottle, and they've got a spare Lucas A bottle, and another spare Lucas A bottle, and you know, uh, the the kit bag on wheels, and all, all the rest of it. And there's you, along with many hundreds of other young men, young boys, you know, with a plastic bag tucked under your arm, probably, and your boots possibly around your neck, and you know, um, with a coat or maybe not a coat, and getting to training with the right bus fare in your pocket, and if you lost it, you. You're gonna have to walk. Have to uh, walk, correct. And uh, what's your thought on how that it affects 
somebody psychologically in terms of a strength and a development because because I, I I'm a big believer that actually we we the society we live in is so protected in a lot of ways for a lot of people not everybody that that one of the things we have to do is to actually compensate for that by by creating extra challenges yeah we i call them central eating kids yeah, you know, yeah lots of central too. eating yeah. kids nowadays <laughs> where they you know they get four five six pairs of football boots and there i am with just one pair now of course comparing where i had and what were where the yeah. kids are nowadays is completely different but i think we still have they're still out there these kids you know, really do value wanting to play it as an hunger. Whereas mm. some mm. of the kids who who have everything pretty much given to them, not sure whether they, you know, they play because they have to, or be playing because they love to. Yeah. And uh, the values are completely different. Their expectations might be slightly different as well. But equally, I think it's it's it, it, it's just society as it is. I think we've got to yeah, adjust yeah. to that. But unfortunately, I think we're you know we're saddled with lots of these central eating kids. But you can get the ones that are coming off the street, and mm. we we experience them. We we come across them, and they stand out. There is an hunger. There's a, you know this. You can straighten them up a little bit more, but they are. Oh, I'm going to say feral. You have to deal with the kids mm. in a manner in which best meets their needs yeah yeah so it, it's completely different I'm, I'm fully aware of that so we have to adjust and adapt and it's been challenging for me you know being yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that so let's go back to your your first coaching so there you are you've you've um you know you've got your got your your time at Bolton where you you know you did your bits and your, your boot cleaning and, and you worked hard and then you get to Wigan and, and you get injured and then so how did the coaching thing kind of just start for you then um, <laughs> My dad was a builder, or is a builder, and uh, so I've always worked. I've always been on I've been on building sites from seven years of age. Yeah. And nowadays, you you know you got to get you got to get tickets to even look at a building site. So yeah, yeah. it's very different. <laughs> but I, even when I weren't playing, you know, we didn't have a game. I'd be going helping my dad. I'd be doing something. So having having experienced this injury which nowadays you'll be back within a month or so I partially tore a medial collateral yeah yeah uh, so footballing came to an end an abrupt end for me and it was what do we do next and that was really challenging because all of I have done you know from five six years of, five six years of age he's played football mm-hmm. been captain always like leading yeah do uh, you know but I don't know what is meant by the leading bit but I'd by example stuff so it, it was but when I got injured that was it and it was it was, was a shake up was it hard very much so yeah mentally it really did, it took a strain because I'm thinking about you know there's a level for where you can play mm. so I went on trial for went down to Forest Nottingham Forest was this after you'd got injured and trying to get yourself back again? Trying to get back in. So you're just tapping into people who know other people. Uh, we've got so a scout actually invited me to go down to Nottingham Forest, uh, which didn't work out. And, and at that point, I generally did find out that I wasn't good enough to play at that level. Uh, what do I do? And then I, I just saw some kids on a, on a park playing, walked over and just, you know, they need a hand dropped into tacit knowledge and experiences where I thought I actually knew what coaching was about. Little did I find out I didn't. 
So I enjoyed that part, enjoyed the coaching, and that was really what the light switched on. I got an opportunity to go to the States in 1981 and just be a, a chaperone for a local grassroots team. And at that point, I then got asked, would I like to go and work at a, a soccer camp in the States? Had you got any um, qualif- coaching qualifications by then? The only just- qualification I had was, the, was my experiences as a player. Yeah, yeah. Working around the people which were limited at that point. I mean, I played under and worked with. And I got paid $100, Rob. $100, that was... It was a fortune. Yeah, yeah, fortune, yeah. And I, I was there. I then became the new Brian Clough. It was, I thought so. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Clough and Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we... So I really enjoyed it. And that, after having come home from the States in 1981, July, I thought, I need to pursue this. Uh, and did so. I went to... Uh, went on a... The old prelim course, which is now the new level, yeah, yeah. new level two, and that was the lights literally switched on. Uh, I like this. It, it was a great. So experience. that would have been about nineteen eighty. That was eighty. It was eighty one. Nineteen eighty one. I got my. Well, sorry, it was eighty two. I got my yeah. uh, my prelim. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and that was fantastic. That's that was literally the change of the my new career path. Yeah. Having which, uh, you know, I then travelled and watched who I would think would probably, be, without doubt, one of the best coaches that I've ever come across in my life. Uh, and he literally did change my life. I think what, we, what he, he didn't know back then, it's nearly 35 years ago, he didn't know that he was becoming a football memory maker. Yeah, his memory is etched in my in in my memory bank, and will be. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know the, the gentleman I'm speaking about uh, or talking about passed away uh, last week. Uh, but seen an exemplar in practice, very fortunate to have met him, and that really then spurred me on to I want to become I want to become him I want to you know I want to. So, um, can you remember the first time that you met Dick? Or you saw him coach, or can you remember that? I can, yeah, Dick Bird. Yeah, I can, yeah. Well, so we we all assembled. It was the course administrative stuff. It was Blackpool Easter School. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And he walks in pristine, six foot, very well presented, spoke extremely well. But there was something different about the gentleman. You know, I'd come across some coaches and I thought I knew a little bit about the game, of course, but uh, it's only when you meet these people they think, well, yeah, yeah. Oof, yeah. how much do I not know? How much do I want to know? And I need to grab hold of this lad's shirt or this fella's shirt. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. he didn't know that I was going to be in his life as, for, for as long as I have. Uh, so, so what were you doing? Were you doing a, what badge were you doing then? It remember? was the prelim. That was on your prelim. So that you met him when you did the prelim. I wow. Did, oh, um, brilliant. Yeah, I did yeah, the prelim yeah. and, and stuck with him. Or he, yeah, yeah, I literally yeah. stuck on to get a, got a hold of him and followed him and wherever he was delivering in and out of the county, I'll be there. Uh, so yeah, that was in that was Easter, uh, and then just pursued the the coaching. You know, having seen somebody who I thought was he, he was just very unique, just made people mm. feel extremely yeah, special. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you've come across him as yeah. well, which brought us together. But, uh, you know, Dick, uh, 
Yeah, extremely special human being. Okay, so there you are. So you've done your pre, you, you, you know, you've had your, you had your, your dream taken away from from playing like we all, you know, any anybody who who wants to get in the game that that you know can happen, and, and you've you've overcome that, and you've been you've been stimulated about the coaching, and you find your way, and then you find your this mentor, and, and obviously, you know, coaching is is for you now. You've explained that. So, what? What was your next? What was your next thing after that? So you found somebody who who you think? Do you know what, Flammy? If I could be anything like a percentage of what he's like, I'll, mm. I'll be an happy bunny kind of thing. I then yeah, well I got involved. I used to look around coaching. I used to go and if I saw anybody kicking a ball in my park, that was yeah, yeah. it was yeah, over yeah. for them. Yeah, they yeah. didn't know that. I didn't just. Yeah. Get involved. I wanted to take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nowadays, you've got to have all sorts yeah. of practices. Be even to have a look at a player. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have a, which is, you know, I think we're probably going to have been anal on the documentation. But anyhow, that's it. Is what it is. What it is. I then wanted to be. What's the next qualification? And it was back then the full badge. Right. So, it was upskilling. Yeah, yeah. And again, I was very fortunate to to have Dick Bert in the North West as a regional coach and yeah. wherever he was delivering I was yeah. there watching brought Brie equally wanted to get involved working with as many coaches and uh, with as many teams as I could put so, so I can actually build up a stockpile of yeah practices so in in you know so I skipped forward a couple of years and then got involved with some of the local Grassroots. So were you working part time and coaching at this point? Part time. Yeah, yeah. All part time. Well, in yeah. fact, I would. Yeah, it, it would cost me. Full, but full time, but part time. Yeah, part, part time. time. Yeah, yeah. So you go up and down the, you know, the Motorway networks, working with. Yeah. Well, no, just yeah. watching the likes of Don Howe, who you know he, he wow. passed some years ago, but he, the ex England and the Arsenal. So you saw Don coach. I did. A number of times. I did. Yeah. Wow. Again, you know, just exemplars in their field working I mean, at the ice. You're levels. talking, you know. There's a few people who are statuesque and they're in the world of coaching, and he's certainly certainly one. Yeah, he's got a reputation that's well, it'll stand for a long time. Next to none, yeah. without a doubt. Diarre Grady was another one. You know, again, uh, an extremely skillful and these fellas are. You know, we've mentioned are artists. You know, they can they can pull an orchestra together and yeah, they're fantastic in the in the field of football. We we, we sort of look at it as. We're just watching experts, but there's a little bit more depth behind them. Yeah. Very comfortable in their own skin. You know what they say, people listen to, and it's it just stands out. You know, equally, I've met a look, very fortunate again to come across a guy called Alex Gibson, yeah. who again's helped to shape part of who I am. But Alex was a very, very technical and very proficient operator in in, in the world of football. So uh, Alex. Uh, Alex Donau, you know Donau didn't know me at all, but I just wanted to go and watch these wow. the, these exceptionally yes. good people. Mm. So they spurned me on. Little did they know they weren't. You know, they, I didn't, the the questions that were posed back then, in terms of the quality of the question, it was just how they worked yeah. inspired me and. I then wanted to take it. What's the next full body? What's the next qualification? Yeah. And in those days, it was 
So you get the prelim and then it was the full badge. Oh, yeah. So in nineteen eighty four I'm at Lily Shaw, ten days. Wow, that was a that was a you know that was an experience. experience yeah. You know, I got on the pro course, There's, there were two, two two different types of courses. I was fortunate to get on the first one in that particular year, yes. which is the pro pro course. So like Sir Joe Gallagher and Burnley, David Geddes, ex wow. Aston Villa. Yeah, yeah. They were on the course and there I am, uh, 20, 20, yeah, just 20 years of age, youngest on the course. So you are 20 when you did your... I was 20 when I attended. Right. Uh, and again, who's there, who was leading that was, uh, was Dick Baird. Wow. I was in his group. We, uh, we, we delivered technical court, a technical uh, session. All the exemplars would show in advance what we had to then deliver different nowadays but they'd show us so we had the technical and then we did the skill which is small sided game and then did the 11 v 11 and I'll never forget it Rob we on that I was doing a, a technical practice shooting and it was an absolute disaster <laughs> with 15 minutes and after 12 minutes I'd actually finished I'd asked to take yeah. well, done enough yeah. and then we got David Geddes lashing the ball in Yeah, you know I, I didn't really have I didn't have the the library of information and where do I take it next? How do I challenge these players who were, you know, they they were smacking it in from all over the place? And, and I'll I'll never forget the words that Dick shared with me. I, I felt like a million dollars after, you know, it was a disaster of a session. But the way then the gentleman came across, yes, and, you were all right. That was okay. Uh, I knew I knew it did, wasn't right, but I didn't know how to correct it. And through Dick's guidance and information, his knowledge, I'm walking back to to my uh, to my well, apartment, but back to my place where we were sleeping at the time in at Lily Shore National Sports Centre. Back from the pitches, yeah. Back from the, the gravel path, the pavilion, <laughs> the gravel path. Yeah, we've been over there. Yeah. Which is a long walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've yeah. had a bit of a sneak. You've had a bad session, is. <laughs> you can always tell when. You, well, it's when everybody leaves you alone. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Converse yeah. with you. I knew it was a sneak. You anyway. You're not looking up, are you? You're just ducking Edge down. down. <laughs> yeah, it was a long path, long walk. Yeah, but I did feel I felt significant. You know, I felt you know air of something's gone on. Yeah. Dick could recognise it wasn't a good experience for me, but he'd actually, I still felt, have I done all right? Yeah, yeah. That's how he left me. And I knew I hadn't, but he just put that aura down yes, my mind. Yeah, yeah. Just this skillful way yeah. in which he... He did, yeah. He could, uh, he could put the message of negativity in. He just, he had a great manner and yeah. way about him. So so I failed, and uh, but I, I too... I took failing to another level. I, it was a one-on-one failure. I, I, if there was another higher level than that, it was it was a stinker. But it did spur me on. Mm. You know, I was this council estate and upbringing. I, I weren't accepting. It I'm wasn't like, going to get you beaten now. No, I mean, no, I had to keep moving. So I then went on a, a really driven then. Yeah, I'm not going a second time and failing this yeah, thing. Yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. I really went out there and picked up from the things I needed to improve upon and it was really experience on the deck you have to get out there yeah, to and do, it, do the grass hours yeah you can do the grass hours you can do all the reading in the world and yeah, we yeah. see a lot of that type of stuff nowadays where you, you can go on the control the internet get all the session plans and you can get all the the niceties of 
certain sayings, and if you can watch good coaches, but equally there's some rubbish out there. Mm. You have to put the footwork in. Go, mm. and, go and get your hands dirty. Get on the front foot. Well, get on the cold they, face. They banned, banned the the old ten thousand hour rule about Keith Dunkley for players. So how can it be? How can you be any different for for any any niche of life, whether that's copywriting or, or you know building cars or laying gravel drives? You know, you know, you, no, nothing's done by reading the book. I mean, you know, knowledge is power, but you, you've got to do the do the practical stuff. Yeah, you've got to get on the deck. Uh, you know that's the that's where it's born. It's you can talk about it, but and I've seen a lot of good talkers, but then you've got to go and do the bit. And in 1985, again June, yeah, I was fortunate to get a good cohort. We had uh, Peter with Dennis Mortimer, of course, uh, Willie Donaghy, and many others that that really helped us along. They were great, great pros of the game. So was Dennis. Um, uh, a, a tutor at that point. Or Dennis was, he, was in it. Dennis was actually on the course. Oh, he was. He was. He was a student. On he the course. was a student. Right. He was like myself. He was. Yeah, yeah. But were these pros that were coming out the game and then cutting the teeth? I'd already had a couple of years. Yes, on coaching. Coaching. Yeah. Well, I thought we were coaching, uh, but but I could go out and do a little. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Picked up the experiences from the previous course and then fortunate in 1985 to. Yes. To become a, a member of an elite, yes, what would yeah. class to be an elite group of men? Because yeah. that's predominantly what it was. I know nowadays it's it's co-ed and mm. rightly so. We get females involved and air licence coaches, yeah. which it, of which mm. it's called now. But in ni- 1985, yes, that was my, the no, light switch on. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a, a fantastic feeling. You know, when I got that, when a letter through the through the post, FA. Congratulations on becoming a, a full member, badge member. Full yeah. badge member, and, wow. and again, this guy that's in my life, uh, Dick Bay, wrote me a you know, and uh, unwritten letter. Wow, wow, yeah. Congra- and and it and I still have that letter to wow. it. Yeah. It was it was it meant and still does meant meant a great deal. So I I was then back then one of the youngest, if not the youngest, to actually get the hmm. the full badge, yeah. and I felt extremely proud of that. Everywhere we had old cotton drill tops, umbro drill tops, and we but we had to buy the qualification. Yes. You had to buy the Did badge you? to stick on it to sew so it on. No, I didn't buy you know seven days. I bought eight. <laughs> I used to, I used to, I yeah, love it. Stitched onto me, love it. Jeans and <laughs> I was real proud of that. So. So, so what happened then? Tell, tell me where we went from there. Yeah, so you got your full badge. You got your you know your young. You've had these amazing mentors, real and and you know from being fortunate enough to to be in and around the game. I know you've had some gold, like you know you couldn't buy that now. No matter how much money you've got, you couldn't buy that kind of experience now. Because I'll be, those people don't exist, do they? To in that 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 in that stature, um, there are and some amazing coaches and coach educators around, as we, as we know. But anybody who's in the game and now and looks back at those kind of people to have as educators and that experience in your in your early twenties, that's powerful stuff. So where did you go from there, Keith? Went over to the States, back to the States, yeah. but that, my, my stock value, you know, increased considerably in terms of income. 
Now I could actually generate just from getting the qualification. Got offered a job to go and work out there, out in the States, uh, which wasn't for me. He didn't feel right, didn't sit comfortable. Family mm. very close, even though we, you know, my dad didn't, really, didn't show a lot of inf- affection to us as when no. we were growing up. But I still, there's still lots of respect. So the distance just didn't didn't sit. But I did have a, I had a, a vision. I'll never forget it. A, you know, I was 18, so I sort of rewinded a wee bit. Yeah. If you can actually, can influence the software department, the bright, the mind. Yeah. You know, I think you. Yeah, yeah. So, but how can I actually bring that into my coaching? How can I influence others with integrity? But I then had this a vision of working for or delivering courses for and on behalf of the FA and I'd, I'd set a set a target yeah you know and, and it, by the age of 26 27 I'm, I want to be working for the FA so the age of 21 you know, I'd sort of I, I was on I was on a mission yes and I got a vision I got yeah. something to to go for mm. and that actually helped spur me on I've got to go and watch other exemplars and we had we got some good people and you mentioned earlier about I'm not sure nowadays we've got these the, the these, giants uh, without a doubt without complete a doubt. giants for, for me and it's a personal opinion but giants you yeah. know um, well it, the, these I just feel now you know, we're custodians of the game but when you look at these as you rightly uh, giants you, you know for those that don't know Dick Bates or Don Howe or Darry Grady and Alex Gibson's of the world, there are very few of those where mm. I could look up to. All these the young mm. stock of coaches coming through, who do they look up to? And I, I don't think they're not as prevalent than Norris. If they are out there, they're either involved with a club, but I would in, implore any young coach find one of those go and mm. search for them mm. go and hang on to them ask questions quality questions mm. uh, because they've helped considerably you know help shape me yeah yeah but I then wanted to become a tutor for the FA so did you I did did you I did I did and I did that at 23 I started <laughs> delivering courses okay. at 23 uh, at the age of 23 so you beat FA. your goal by two or three years yes but again, that was bad. I don't know about default. I'd just gone out and I were looking. And if, you, if you're looking, it, it's amazing what can happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you create a thought in your mind and it's big enough, something happens. Yeah, And it did. And I were fortunate to come across a, a gentleman called uh, Jim Jewsnip, who, mm-hmm. who was local. And Jim was the, the first one to really open up the door into coach education. So I went to watching Jim again ex-school teacher and a, and a great man really mm. really good man who took me under his wing for a uh, you know for a, a period of time yeah. and then he let me loose which which to my uh, you know, to my detriment at times you know I felt I knew everything young lad big ego uh, really closed my my ears to lots of things that really if I'd have been a bit more open other opportunities might have might have opened up but you know, vigours of youth and... I think that's part of growing up, isn't it, Keith? Absolutely. I mean, we get quite a bit of success, if you can call it that, at whatever level. And, you know, when somebody comes along and either offers you a bit of a salary or a little bit of a 
they, uh, somebody once called it oh nice feathers you know because you've got the tracksuit or you've got <laughs> w- whatever and it's real easy to part of life is you know the human psyche is up you know a little bit of a strut and, and, and that and I think it's only a little bit of maybe you're fortunate to, if if life comes along and does knock you on the back of the head and says oh you need to wake up because that doesn't happen to everybody does it some people either ignore the, the the punch or, or or don't don't even get one you know okay so um yeah i think we all go through that yeah well, it's the acceptance of you know the the reality of the situation my my ego stifled a lot of development but i'm all right with it you know i'm comfortably with with who i am nowadays because it's understanding who or what what i don't like was there a a particular there may not be so so you know don't don't worry was there a particular example that that that, that would highlight that 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 was your state of mind at that time that brought you back to like a, a realization that actually mm, there is possibly a little bit of a better way here yeah i think i think truly finding you got to you got to go through a little bit of pain yeah yeah now i'm not i'm not referring to physical pain no, it no. might be it might come in that form but it was more emotional pain, really. And I didn't realise back then, now I do, uh, what type of experiences you go through to... You, know, you don't get accepted. Yeah, yeah. Or you do certain things and the feedback isn't quite as significant as you would like it for it to be. Yeah. But self-reflection. There's more self-reflection. And reading... You know, which when I first left school, I could hardly read or write. But having left school, you know, I wasn't a good student. You know, I had more interest outside of outside of school because I wanted to play. Yeah, yeah. And recognizing that that took me further away from, if you like, the academia. But it's only when you leave school you start to the lesson that I've learned. You know, since so. So there you are. There you are. You've had these amazing, you know, you've you've had this amazing set of people that have inspired you, and you've gone out and you've grafted, and you've you know you've you've scraped your way, and you've seen lads on a park, and you've put some time into them, and you know you've 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 gone out there and you've followed Dick around, and, you, and you've gone and seen Don Howe, and you've gone down to Lillishull, and you've been kind of you know said, listen, son, you need to go away and do a bit more, and you've come back, and you've gone over that hill, and then you've got your letter, and, and there you are, and you're coaching. So you've got these great people who've influenced you. And, and one of the things that, for me, uh, that's happened in, in my life is that I've been quite influenced by the written word in a, in a, lot, a lot, as well as particular people. Is there anything that you can look back on to say that was a great read for me or a book or, or anything in particular? Or is there anything in that realm? Yeah, there was. I picked a book, a book up in the States called uh, The Magic of Thinking Big. I think the author was... Uh, Schwartz, was Schwartz, yeah. Uh, Dr. David Schwartz. I might have this, his Christian name wrong, but it's definitely yeah. Schwartz. Yeah, And reading that was... Not once. Read it, I've read it three yeah, or four yeah, times yeah. since. You know, you're picking up little bits of pieces. Because I like, I like reading the beginning of a book and I like reading the end of a book. <laughs> yeah, Sometimes yeah. I start at the back yeah. and then work the other way because yeah. I just want to get to the outcome yeah, quickly. yeah. yeah. I'm very impatient, but when I get something that where the lights, you know, yeah, literally yeah, there's something in up, this. Yeah, there's something in it. So I read it, and I read it from front to back and back to front several times. Yeah, but there's some good key points in there, which 
It was really about personal development stuff. Yeah. It was really about myself. And I then started to find out more. And this, this is 1982, by the way. So, so uh, when I went out to the States. So you're uh, still a young, young, young kid. Yeah, it was, 90, it was 1981 I got the book. Yeah. And I brought it home. It was nice and shiny. And I left it in, as you normally do. You, yeah. This looks like, and I think I like the colour of the yeah, yeah. front page, yeah, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Put it down, didn't just like the front colour, yeah. left it. And then I, there's one day I got bored and well, let's, I think it's time here. Let me start yeah, yeah. look, look yeah. through a couple of the pages. And I couldn't put it down. Yeah. I couldn't put it down and I read it. But there's some very, very... It was all about me. It was not reading about me. This, mm. is, this is a self-personal development program that I'm going to start working on. And I guess that was... And I guess... That was indirectly it, and I didn't know the impact that book had had on me mm. uh, key messages were about self mm. you know I'd, and I started to dig a little bit deeper about me then at that yeah. point because I think what we do as coaches look upon, we look out and how can we help them you know we want to we want to fix the planet I'm going to become the best you know I'm going to travel the, the world and yeah yeah but in actual fact, it was it's about self stuff, mm. and you know I think we I call it KFC really. You got to be you got to be kind, and you got to be fair, but you got to care. KFC. And I do that. That's I, a good one. I'd right? like KFC. to think I, yeah. I do care, gen, genuinely care about those that, and being a being in the coach educational program for a long period of time coaching, it's been a magnificent experience in terms of the power of what the ball brings to people's lives okay so so let's just because I want to get I want I want to really get some this, I know the stuff that I want I want you to be able to touch on in this so get so there you are you, you're working for the FA um, and obviously I know where you're working now so can you fill in that like the take us through the the you know the latter part or, or from there to, to where you are now in terms of you, you, where you were and where you worked right so what uh, you know what influenced you all? I got I got. I was fortunate. I was. I was an independent director for the FA, at yeah. a, a local, directing a, a centre of excellence. Back then, they yeah. call academies now, but back years gone by, they were called centres of excellence. Yeah. An independent one where professional clubs had out. They, they got everything. Got all the resource yeah, yeah. available at that point. Yeah. But I felt and believed that this independent centre was going to have. Whatever the pro clubs have, I'm going to have them. Mm. I mean, we'd have extremely uh, vibrant, energetic, very influential around the kids. He's a super, super fella, super human being. And a guy called Keith Reese, who became the England goalkeeper, yeah, yeah. the women's goalkeeper yeah, coach. Yeah, no, Keith, yeah. So I brought Keith in as the bag man. He was the first aid man, but got do a bit of goalkeeping on the side. Tosh Farrell and his, his uh, sidekick, his, his uh, good friend Joe Fenlon, and they brought. They were brought into the centre. I brought those in. They're good people. Uh, you know, they're very loyal. And where was that base, Keith? Where was it? Saint Helens. Saint, yeah. You're not too far away from yeah, Liverpool, yeah. and from where I live. So I got that, and then I got an opportunity to go and work at Leeds United. Right. Uh, Part time again, yeah. centre of excellence, and that started to shape up my professional career, working in the game. And uh, but still part time, so I yeah. travel. You know, yeah, as you do, you're travelling the network. You take me an hour and forty yeah, minutes to go and 
as we did. Get on the grass, as, as anything we, to get on the grass. Anything to get on the grass. <laughs> but, and there's some good people. You know, Paul yeah. Art was the yeah. He was the he was the gaffer yeah. at that point at, at the club, and I did a couple of years there. I then got offered. I got told I'd you know, I got a role at the club as the uh, centre of excellence director. Yeah, you know, unofficially. And then the manager at the time had just come on in. You know, I did. I never had an interview in my life, a formal interview. I guess we're all always being interviewed in, yes. informally or formally. Yeah. But I, it was my first interview, uh, and I was I didn't get the role, so it was really untenable for me to stay yeah. at the club. Yeah. And then I, Paul Hart went to Nottingham Forest, and they're a very good friend still to this day. Uh, Nick Marshall, who's the head of football operations. Yeah. Liverpool Football Club Nick was the Central Excellence Director at Nottingham Forest and he asked whether I would go down I'd go down once a week down to Nottingham from where I live which yeah, it's a little bit of a drive it's a trek again yeah a good couple of hours so I think you've got to be partially mental to do I know you have mate what's though so I went down to Forest and I did so for eight and a half years something the likes of you know, I took the, the 14s, then I took the, the 16s at the club. Was asked then to become full-time when they became uh, academies. Uh, so to take the 14-16s mm. programme. Yeah. I oversee it and it, it just wasn't right. It, the, mo- yeah, the money wasn't right. I'd have to relocate mm. and then a reloc- relocation package. And then the second time that I got asked, the money was right, but my mum was passing away. Yeah. So it was a family thing. So, but the the eight years, eight and a half years I spent down at Forest were great learnings again. You know, you think you know of things until you get around others that have got a lot more experience. Mm. It was just being open. And as a young coach, in my early years, I wasn't open. So if there's anything to be taken from this interview for those that are likely to be listening in, you've got to open up a little bit. Yeah, be receptive yeah. to be open to learning gotta be open to learning Rob yeah and I wasn't you know, I'm spe- speaking about you know, and I guess it's there's a book called uh, Daring Greatly right by Brenny Brown it's okay it's a it's a it's an interesting read and it basically you know it's particularly being a male you know male prominent ego enema what we've got to do is share what we're Share a weaknesses and be yeah. sharing a weakness for as a male, he tends to be a little bit more bravado. And so the book itself basically shares around the strength of sharing your weaknesses. And I, I don't profess to be an expert at that for sure. I'm learning to become better. The beauty at it. of vulnerability, yeah. The beauty of being vulnerable, yeah. And so the experience of working down at the club with the likes of Michael Dawson and Jermaine okay. Janice. Yeah who were terrific young men, still uh, has helped. And then my son was playing. You know, I was working with other players. Your son's playing, yeah, now. And my son's playing. And that was difficult. You know, I'd be on my way home and then I'd get a phone call from my son. I've scored a goal, Dad, and, all right, son, tell me all about it when I get home. That started to eat in. And I'll never forget the day we played. We played down at uh, Leicester. Always a... Always an interesting experience. So Forest Leicester. Forest Leicester, yeah, down at Leicester. Good two hours now, Rob. No. And I remember ringing, we play extremely well, and as a coach, 
you know, you get that feeling of self-satisfaction, lads have done well today. But what else is there that we can help them with? And the day was, we played terrific. Everything sort of combined. Yeah, it all weaved, came together. Came together. It was, it was excellent. Uh, but it didn't feel right on the way home. It just hit me. I started to feel, you know, I started thinking about the, the, the responsibility in going and travelling the distances that I were and, when he start, when the word commitment came into my head, I knew at that point. Didn't couldn't explain how I articulate it to anyone. But directly after the game, I rang Nick, Nick Marshall. Mm. Then was the uh, he was the academy director at Forest. Yes. You know I've had enough, and, it, wow. and, and Nick being Nick, it was during the season, so I was going to be loyal. I'm not going to leave the. To I'm the not going to leave season. you. I'm going to stay. But yeah. I'm going to give you the heads up to organising and advance that. I'm going to be leaving. And Nick being the man there, he's a, he's a great man. Uh, very honest. Yeah. Very, very loyal. And he's one of my dearest friends, Nick. He's a superman. Is it us? I'll never forget his question. Is it us? No, no. It's Is it a family thing? Yeah, I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. I said, yeah. He said, that's all right. No problem. He knew exactly yes. that it was, it was yeah. the right thing. And I did the season. We used to play the program that we had. We used to play. It was it was like sixteen, sorry, seventeens, nineteens. Yeah. The clubs back then yeah. had full time programs at seventeen, nineteens. Yeah. And uh, we got on holiday, and I remember Nick actually turning around. I, said, I rang him up. I said, "I'm, I'm going to miss the sea. I'm going to miss it this next coming season." He said, "Well, we've had a meeting. The programs are going to start Saturdays. We're doing away with the seventeens, nineteens. It's going to go sixteens, eighteens." And my lads would be playing on the Saturday. And of course, I could then go and watch my son David play. And at that point, he was at Everton. So I had a. Had a, had a so I, I did one more season at Forest and right. went with a guy called Chris Furcliff, uh-huh. uh, who ex Tottenham yes. black fella. Great guy, Chris. Uh, again, lovely man. Great people. I've been very fortunate yeah. to have met some wonderful people in my life. And I worked with Chris and then. I wanted to get back into coach education. Right. And I did. And I've done that and, and still do some work with the FA delivering courses. But it's very different. <laughs>